and welcome to the Your Caring Docs podcast, where we provide general medical information about what's going on inside your body so you can feel well-informed. And who doesn't want that? But keep in mind, we are not making any diagnoses here. And if you are concerned, please contact your medical provider. Let's get started. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back. It's Dr. Tamara Beckford with Your Care and Docs, our telemedicine urgent care where we help our small business owners, the employees, families get seen quickly for their non-emergent medical issues that occur at inconvenient times, right? So you can get back to work quickly and you can save money time and money. Who doesn't want that? Alrighty. But every Friday, we provide some medical information. Yes, we teach about what's going on inside your body so you can make great medical decision. And who doesn't want that either? Alrighty. Well, let's get started. Today's topic is a huge topic, but we're going to just narrow it down to a smaller portion, right? So today we are going to talk about type to diabetes. That's right, type 2 diabetes. We're going to go over what it is and like why does it occur and you know some risk factors, things like that. Alrighty, so let me go to sharing my screen and then we are going to get started. So we're going to go to this screen share. Alrighty, so let me know if you guys can see this, right? So we're talking about type 2 diabetes. Now, what is type 2 diabetes? Alrighty, so what is it? You know, what is diabetes? So diabetes is an impairment in the way the body regulates sugar, which is glucose, as a fuel. So I know we like to eat and everything, but you know, the whole purpose of us eating is really so that we can get fuel and energy into our system and that occurs in the cell so let's go and see how this occurs so in order for us to know what's going wrong let's talk about what happens when it goes right okay Alrighty. so this is the process we eat food goes into the stomach the stomach breaks it down through its digestive juices and then the blood sugar also the called the glucose is high so it's high in the blood right when that occurs the natural thing that happens is that the body lets the pancreas which is this yellow item here say like hey yo the blood sugar level is high the pancreas is saying oh don't worry I will let go some insulin because the whole purpose of us eating and the whole purpose of the glucose is to get into the cells to make energy, right? So insulin is released by the pancreas. Hey, don't worry, I got you. Let me release some insulin. Insulin gets released. Let me see if I bring up the pointer, you might see it. The insulin gets released and then it carries the glucose towards the cell it has the cell receptors, that's kind of like the bodyguard. So the insulin has its glucose and it says, hey, you know, here's the code, blank, blank, blank. The receptor says, all right, good, right code, come on in, bring the glucose in. So when the glucose goes into the cell, the glucose within the blood level goes down and that's how you maintain a normal blood glucose level, right? Let's go over it again. Eat, chum, chum, chum goes into the stomach, stomach breaks down the food, glucose level goes up, that triggers the pancreas. Hey, your pancreas, we need some insulin to carry this glucose over. No worry, pancreas said, release insulin, carry it over, 
gets to the receptors. Insulin's like, this is the cold, bam, bam, bam. Insulin receptor says good, carry them into the cell. Blood sugar level goes back to normal. That's our normal process. Now, when we have diabetes, mm -mm, there are some issues that occur. So let's go over it. So we have the first issue that we're gonna talk about occurs with type one and type two diabetes, but it happens for two different reasons, right? So what is this issue is that the pancreas fails to produce the insulin. So just think about it, right? So if the pancreas is not letting the insulin in, when that blood sugar level is high, hey, yo, pancreas, blood sugar level is high, pancreas is like, all right, no worry. Let me release some insulin. And then it's like, okay, there's no insulin coming. Hey, yo, pancreas, the blood sugar is still high. Where's your insulin? Oh, let me see. Trying to release it nothing's happened. So what happens at that point? The blood sugar stays high, right? Because the insulin's not there to carry it over to the cell. Talk to the cell receptor. Here's my code and get it into the cells. So the blood sugar stays high. And that's when you check that blood and that blood sugar is high. So we said that happens for two different types of reasons with those with um, Type 1 diabetes, what occurs is that their body damages the cell that would normally make that insulin. So that's why it's an autoimmune disease. In type 2 diabetes, what happens is that it's kind of like an overuse. Like after the blood sugar is always high and the insulin is just like, pancreas is just pushing out insulin, insulin, insulin. After a while, it just gets damaged and then it can't do it any longer. And so there's no insulin that's coming out of the pancreas and the blood sugar stays high, right? So that's one way for type two diabetes for you to have the high blood sugar. The other way, which is the most common way and it was the most popular way before we realized that that other portion occurs is that the insulin is coming out Blood sugar is high. Hey, yo, pancreas, blood sugar is high. Don't worry, I got you. I got you. Let me release some insulin. Release the insulin. Insulin's like, come on, glucose, let's go over and get you guys into the cell so you can make some energy. Carries the insulin, is carrying over the glucose, gets to the receptor. It's like, okay, here's my code. Boom, boom, boom. The insulin receptor is like, nah, I don't know who you are. It's like, it's me, insulin. Nope, I don't recognize you and you're not bringing this glucose into my cell. But it's me, insulin, I gotta get the glucose into the cell so we can get it in the cell membrane. That receptor is like, nope, I don't recognize you. You're not dropping this glucose, this glucose off into my cell. So what happens if the glucose does not get into the cell, then it's into the blood and the blood sugar level stays high. So that's what we call the cells failing to respond to the insulin pro um, properly, right? So with that portion, which is the most common thing, the body's producing the insulin. Insulin is carrying the glucose over, but the insulin receptor is not recognizing it. So it's like, I don't know who you are. You're not dropping that glucose off into my cell. You just stay where you are outside into the blood. And that's why the blood sugar level stays high. I hope that makes sense. So that's how we have high blood sugar levels with those with diabetes. One of two things happen. Either the insulin receptor does not recognize insulin, you stay out there, or the pancreas is not producing the insulin because of overuse and after a while it's just damaged, right?
so what are some risk factors for type 2 diabetes Alrighty. so some of the risk factors one of course is obesity right so if you are obese especially if you have what we call the abdominal girth like you know here then that actually makes you become insulin resistance so that's one risk factors the pancreatic disease, which is if the pancreas is damaged, if it's your job to produce insulin and the pancreas is damaged, it's not producing insulin. So that's another risk factor. Um, high blood pressure is a risk factor. Age is a risk factor. 40 or 45 and older. Mm, yeah, boy, as we start getting older, that just happens. Risk factor. Genetic predisposition. Mom has diabetes dad has diabetes, how about grandma, grandpa has diabetes, that means you're genetically predisposed to having type 2 diabetes. And it's one of those things that you'd have to monitor, right? Stress. Mm. It's all about stress. So stress releases cortisol. Cortisol is a hormone. And if you're just constantly under stress, then that will also trigger and release the, and increase your risk factors, as we say, for diabetes, not just diabetes, heart disease, everything, right? Just the constant stress. So that's one of the reasons we have to try to manage as best as possible our stress. Sedentary lifestyle. So sedentary lifestyle most likely will lead to obesity, right? And so would unhealthy eating. Those two, sedentary lifestyle, unhealthy eating, those are risk factors and they will lead to obesity and also lead to type 2 diabetes. And then some medications, some medication, the side effect of the medication can predispose you to becoming diabetic. Another thing, gestational diabetes. I don't know about you, but with pregnancy, pregnancy, you gain weight, you have this additional stress on the body. And it also, um, for some, not all, can put you into a diabetic state. I had gestational diabetes twice so obviously my risk factor for type 2 diabetes is there right and then you also have polycystic ovarian syndrome so those who've had it um you know know that it's also increases their risk for um, developing um, type 2 diabetes and most patients who are on um, who have polycystic ovarian syndrome are usually on medications um, for that lipid levels lord high cholesterol levels. So your lipid, which is like your triglycerides, your HDL, high density lipophilic acids, those levels, if you have, these are supposed to be the good cholesterol, right? So if you have a low amount of that, that is obviously increasing your risk factors also. Now, you might notice some people might have some darkening of their skins around like the back of their neck, the nape of their neck, or underneath their armpit. Um, those usually are an indicator that you might be insulin resistance. So if you start to notice that as you get like a little older, like the back of the neck, like over by where your collar is, and also your armpits, then those are time when you should really look and um, ensure you get checked out to see if you are diabetic, because that shows externally a possibility of insulin resistance, right? And then we have race. Black, Hispanic, Native American, Pacific Islanders, Asians, those race 
though um, have a higher risk factor of being diabetic, type two diabetic. All right. So next, what are some of the symptoms of diabetes? You know, so increased hunger. You're just eating, 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 eating. And no matter what, you just can't get full. And then you also have increased thirst. So you're just drinking, drinking, drinking water. You're going to the refrigerator and you're getting like a gallon of water and you're drinking, drinking, and your mouth is still dry. It's just like that cotton mouth. It's just dry, 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 pasty and dry. And you're drinking, drinking and still pasty and it's still dry. Those are some things that you need to think about. Now, you might also start to notice that you're gaining weight or sometimes even the opposite occurs, that you start losing weight, but you're not trying, like you're not exercising, your diet is horrible, and you're starting to lose weight, plus you're always tired, you're peeing excessively, like you just went and used the bathroom and you urinated, and then like five, 10 minutes later, you got to go again. But then... You have to keep that in mind too, because I know that some of the things that occur that I've seen with some patients who've come with these first um, set of symptoms with diabetes is that they think, well, I was drinking a lot of water, so that must be the reason why I'm peeing. If you're starting to notice a lot of these changes within your body, it's a good time for you to go and get your blood sugar checked, right? Blood pressure is starting to just continuously go up. You start having tingling in your fingers and your toes or the extremities, your hands and your feet. It's just tingling, like pins and needles, just persistent pins and needles. Those are times to go get checked. Also, um, if you're starting to have sexual dysfunction, your libido is just going down. If you're a male, you notice you're having erectile dysfunction. Those are some things and signs that you should probably get checked out. Eye damages, or if you're starting to have blurred vision, like just out of the blue, everything's just blurry. You're on, you're eating unhealthy, having sedentary lifestyle, and it's just always just blurred. You know, like a film is over your eyes. It's just constant. So those are signs that you probably should go and get checked out. Now, if you're starting to have like yeast infection for females, you might notice that you're developing like a lot of yeast infections. And even with males, especially if you're uncircumcised, you'll start to know like a little cotton cheese, cottage cheese-like discharge underneath the foreskin. Those are some of the possible the risk factors that you need to go and get tested and get checked out to see if your blood sugar is high, right? Now, what are some of the complications? So some of the risk factors and signs and symptoms are also some of the complications for the type 2 diabetes. For example, you have um, risk factors if you have high blood pressure and so on, then you can develop. But if you have diabetes, you can develop high blood pressure and stroke and heart disease, right? The plaque and the damage to the vessel from the persistent blood sugar. Remember, that sugar never got into the cell to build strong cells. It's staying inside the blood and it's just high, high, high levels in the blood all over the body, going to the vessels of the heart, causing plaque buildup. There you have your heart disease, plaque buildup of the vessels going to the brain. There you have your risk factors for stroke. The, the vessels are now narrow and the blood is trying to push through it and there goes the pressure of the blood starts to go up. Nerve damage, it's the persistent high um, sugar within the bloodstream is damaging the small little nerve endings to our fingers and our toes. And that's why you have that neuropathy, that persistent, that's like tingling. They call it a stocking and glove, glove and the stocking. 
So that's when you start having those nerve damage from that persistently high blood sugar. Sexual dysfunction, we just talked about that. The blood vessels towards the sexual organs are also small. So if they're just persistently being damaged, then eventually you'll have sexual dysfunction. Kidneys, same thing. Blood vessels towards the kidneys and also the eyes are very tiny very tiny blood vessels. If they're persistently being damaged, then you'll start to have, for the kidneys, you can end up having kidney failure. And what are you next on? You're on dialysis or needing a kidney transplant, right? Same thing for the eye. The damage occurs and you're starting to have glaucoma or you end up being blind because of this persistent damage. Skin condition, Fungal, the same candida, which is a type of yeast that we just talked about, the yeast infection, you can start having fungal infection on your skin. For those who might have folds, like underneath your stomach, might fold over, it's moist, it's dark in that fold. You have this high sugar, that's a perfect combination to develop yeast infection on the skin. And then you might even develop abscesses, right? Which is a um, bacterial infection, it's walled off, it's filled with pus. You can start developing abscesses in different parts of the body. And say if you got a cut, you start noticing the average person, you get a cut, it starts to heal within a few days. You have your scab and then it's healing, but your cut is just not healing. And then it's even worse because if your blood sugar is persistently high and you have a cut that's not healing, then your blood sugar goes even higher. And then the risk factors of the infection is even higher. And if the infection gets in the blood, then you can cause bigger issues, right? Sepsis, if the infection gets to the bone, then you have what's called osteomyelitis. Osteomyelitis. Osteo is the bone, the infection of the bone, the osteomyelitis. And that's what can end up leading to amputations because the bone is infected and it's not healing no matter what you do then you usually need to amputate that portion. That's how people get their toes end up having to be amputated or their feet or even the lower extremity period because of this persistent infection, right? And then it also increases our risk of dementia, especially Alzheimer's. So those are some of the complication. Now, type two diabetes, how is it diagnosed? I mean, like we hear about it, but how does one diagnose the type two diabetes? So it's usually through the blood sugar levels, right? So you have um, a couple different ways. We'll just go over two today. So you have the hemoglobin A1C. So for the hemoglobin A1C, what you're doing when you get that finger stick and you're um, checking that blood, it's checking to see what the average blood sugar level has been over the past two to three months. So when you get that level, it's not like, well, I just had some ice cream right before I came. That's why my blood sugar level is high. Mm -mm. We're checking to see well, how high has it been almost every day over the last two to three months when the body had a time to release the insulin, for the insulin to carry that blood sugar over into the cell and keep the blood sugar level within a normal range. So that's what the hemoglobin A1C is checking. So here are some perimeters. Um, and this, we got this from um, the Mayo Clinic um, info. So it's if your 
Hemoglobin A1c is shown that the average level has been below 5.7, so that means that you've been normal weight, right? So that means you're not diabetic. If it's between 5.7 and 6.4, you're in the pre-diabetes stage. And I know some of you have heard of that. I'm pre-diabetic. What does that mean? That means that you have a chance through different lifestyle modifications we'll talk about later to try to prevent you or to slow down that progression, right? If you're average your hemoglobin a1c is 6.5 or higher on two separate tests right check it twice all right maybe the first one you know i don't know maybe it was a little bit off but let's just check it again and it's still high then at that point you are now diabetic right so that's through checking your hemoglobin a1c now let's also there's another type where you can check your fasting blood sugar so here are some of those levels for that if your fasting blood sugar level here is 100 or less, then you're within the normal range. So fasting, eight hours before you weren't eating or only thing you probably drank was water, but you're not, not eating anything, eight hour, check it in the morning, that's what you get. If it's between 100 and 125, then you're pre-diabetic. And if it's greater than 126, then you're mostly diabetic, right? So that means that your blood sugar, even with you not eating anything, it's still high. And that's what that means. All right. So now let's go over. You've been diagnosed with diabetes and your blood sugar is like within the 200s or so. You're not coming in with a 600 or a 725 blood sugar level. You're in like the 200s. What are the first line portion of treatment. Now, I know most people think that immediately, boom, you're just going to be placed on medications. No, 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 no. The first line modification of the lifestyle is what we like to do, right? So how about you try to improve your diet? Now, if your diet is um, a diet of a lot of unhealthy meals and you've accepted like, hey, you know, I really went wild. Let me try to see if I can improve my diet. And also, I've been very sedentary. Yeah, I've just been lying on that couch eating them potato chips. You know, well, let me start getting up and see if I can move around and start to alter my lifestyle, right? So diet modification and um, lifestyle modification with moving and exercising, especially trying to lift weights. You, Of course, you need to get your approval. If you've been sedentary for 35 years, don't go automatically just trying to lift some huge weight. Talk to your primary care doctor and make sure your risk factors are low for you damaging yourself. But walking is always a good way to start, right? So you walk, you increase your cardiovascular, and you start to lose weight you start to bring down your weight and then you start to reduce that insulin resistance. That's right, especially if you have the abdominal girth we talked about. Once you start to bring that down a little bit, then you improve um, the insulin, the way the insulin can take those um, glucose into the cells so the cells will no longer start blocking it because it's resistant. Like, I don't know who you are. It'll start saying, oh, hey, insulin issue, no problem. Bring that glucose in. Bring that glucose level down into the blood. Bring them into the cell. Let me use that and start making some energy, right? So that's what we're looking for. Next thing, if all of this is not happening or if your blood sugar is just too extremely out of range, then they start to use medication to try to help. So medication is not going to just be medication alone. I know a lot of people always ask, well, I'm trying to get off these meds, which is fine. However, you need to use that with 
the lifestyle modification. And that's you and your doctor start working your way and start reducing with your lifestyle modification, seeing if you can reduce your dependence on your medication. But that's between you and your doctor, right? So the next thing too, like we sell self-management through lifestyle, which is what you will try to do. You working with your doctor, you increasing your exercise, um, improving on your diet, seeing if through those self-management and your lifestyle modification and working with your doctor to try to see which medication is best for you. And remember, if you have the side effects, let your doctors know if you have a side effect to a medication, and then they'll see if they can alter and get another medication that might help. Don't just say, well, I'm not taking medicines because I had side effect to one medication. There are a lot of different medications out there that can help you to live a long and healthy life with type 2 diabetes. Now, I hope you enjoyed this talk. Like we said, diabetes is a huge topic. A lot of people are diabetic or pre-diabetic or predisposed to diabetes. So the whole purpose of this is for one, for you to understand what's going on and how diabetes affects us and affects you and what are the risk factors. And number one, most importantly, how you can manage this and live a healthy, healthy, wonderful life. I'm Dr. Tamara Beckford with Your Caring Dogs. I will see you next time. We'll go over a great medical topic so you can understand what's going on inside your body and make some great medical decisions. You have been listening to the Your Caring Docs podcast with Dr. Tamara Beckford. We hope you got some great info and we will see you next time.